Philippians 2.10 testifies that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. It doesn't matter who you are or what you believe, black, white, gay, straight, male, female, vaccinated or not, there is one ultimate truth that we will all be held accountable to, and this one truth is laid out for us in Scripture. Matthew 4.4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. There is no area of life that God has not addressed in His living word, and law enforcement is no exception. It doesn't matter if you're a cop, crop duster, or cobbler, policeman, plumber, or politician, you are under the direct authority of Christ, the King of Kings. And if you have, as Christ commanded in Luke 9.23, taken up your cross and followed Him, then you're right beside me as a deputy of Christ. Hello, hello, welcome back. I am still alive. It has been two weeks. Feels like forever, but it's only been two weeks. Anyway, sorry again about no podcast last week. Uh, my family had a little out of town get together and I was not able to put one out, but I'm back and I'm excited to get back into it. So here we go. Um, today, I'm going to have a little bit of a different show than normal. I'm going to get away from kind of the deeper stuff that I actually have to like refer back to books and the Bible and all that stuff. And I just want to talk about an opinion I have. And then before that, I want to talk about a couple of recommendations and other stuff, which won't really apply to you if you're not actually interested in law enforcement. But I said that I wanted that to be one of the points of the podcast, so I kind of just have to start putting some stuff out there, even though I don't have a whole lot of experience yet. Mm. But before I get into that, let's talk about what we missed last week. I mentioned, I think, I think on my last podcast, I mentioned that I had actually applied uh, for the sheriff's department I'm trying to get into. And that is done, but it was actually kind of a two-step process. I had to apply, and then I had to put in my, uh, it's called a personal history statement. Basically, it's your background check, part or part of your background check. Um, I had to have that submitted by February 13th, I think it was. Um, and I got that in last week. So I am officially actually all applied now. I'm waiting for an email response. Um, but I know that the next step in the process is going to be the testing date with my physical test, my adult standards and training test. Once again, it's basically just an ACT and then another test that the department has you do. That's basically just like a moral character test. So that happens on March. I believe it's March 5th. So hopefully I'll get more details about that shortly, but that's all I know about right now. Okay. So that's all that you missed. So this next part won't really apply to you if you're not actually interested in law enforcement, but in one of my points for this podcast, I put out that I wanted it to be a resource and me talk about things that I've done and haven't done and kind of give people a couple bits and pieces of information and advice for anybody following behind me and wanting to get into law enforcement. So I don't have a whole lot of experience yet, but there are a couple things I want to go over. And obviously, before you come looking for information, you have to know a couple things about yourself. You need to know why you want to be in law enforcement. You want to know where you want to be in law enforcement, and you want to know what department you want to be in law enforcement. You know, Do you want to be police, sheriff, state, federal? So once you have down where you want to be and kind of why you want to be there, um, I've got like three or four things here. Uh, first of all, it would be straight up just get in contact with somebody. I, I'll talk about this later, but I looked for a long time on ways to get information online or even in books or something, basically in any way, but talking to somebody face to face. I am not naturally a person that likes to just go talk to people and call up people. I hate to this day. I hate phone calls with businesses or whatever. And my mom has to like make me do them. Because I hate talking to somebody on the phone. I want to be face-to-face, or I want to just go look it up somewhere online. But eventually, my mom started pushing me, like, you actually need to just start going talking to deputies and all that. And it was the greatest thing I've ever done. It was the biggest help for me in this direction. 
but I had through a erotics team I was in, there was somebody on there who was like, hey, we know this Christian deputy. And then somebody else on the team was like, oh, hey, we know this other Christian deputy. And it's like, okay. So I called both of them and went out and talked to them. Um, they love to talk to you, especially if you buy them lunch. Um, but just go talk to people. Then from there, I got pointed to two or three other places, and I found out about my Explorers Post program through them. And that's how I got my head in the game. So and the best thing to do is really just to talk to people, even if you're like me and you don't want to talk to people. Number two kind of flows off that first one is get an Explorers Post program or something. I don't know if you'll have that exact opportunity, but get in some, get into some exposure program. There's something out there you can be in. Um, Explorers Post is really good for me. It's, it's a really great program for high schoolers. You get to interact with the deputies. You get to be there in the department and just kind of get the vibes and the feel of what it's like. You get to get a couple ride-alongs in. Typically, um, you'll get to do talk with all different departments and branches, and you'll get hands-on demonstrations, and they might even put you through some scenario and training and just kind of, I'll talk to that one about that one here again in a minute, but kind of get your head in the game and really get to know what you're going to deal with and get you exposure and know, okay, is this where I want to be or not? Because I know they, they'll tell me stories. There was this one guy, and a super great candidate. He, well, I don't think he was top in his academy class, but he was pretty darn close. And then the day he got in the badge or the door, he uh, went out on his day of patrol and he came back and he walked into his superior's office and turned in his badge. He's like, this is not for me. I, this is not what I expected. As hard as it is to turn in after you put all the effort in and say, this is not for me, you got to go elsewhere. You want to know that sooner, but also you want to be able to, to say that because you don't want somebody, I'm kind of getting off in a tangent here, but, and they were kind of talking about that, the deputies that were telling me this and they took it off into like, I'm sorry, and I I'm, I'm missed that guy. I'm sorry he did had to do that, but I respect him for it because I do not want somebody as my backup on a call or somebody that I need to depend on that really doesn't have his heart in the game and doesn't really want to be here. So points to him for recognizing that and um, moving on, but I'm sorry he had to waste all that time and money to get himself into this position and then realize it's not for him. Third thing is something I'm still not a fan of, and that's reading. Uh, I've, I've really boosted up what I've re read over the last couple of years on this topic, really just the last year, and I still don't do all that much. I want to do more, but reading takes time. The first thing I'd say, and this is just something for anybody, I mean, I'm sad that it took me till I was 20 years old to actually sit down and do it, but sit down and read the Constitution. Read your state constitution. Read other legal documents that pertain to you. I mean, read, read a lot of the founding fathers, too, because that'll help you interpret the Constitution and understand it and just start reading law like there's yeah there's parts of it that are super ridiculously complicated and i have to google and be like what does this part mean but really most of it isn't especially like your state constitutions they're not they're not lawyer lawyer talk they're they're pretty straightforward if you actually just sit down and read them so do it it takes some time it takes a little work but i mean i read through the whole constitution like 15 minutes a day in like three four days it was not much number one that's what we're held to that's our founding document and we can't hold our government in check without understanding what check is. So that will be, that's my biggest recommendation. Whether you're interested in law enforcement or not, whether you're a kid, adult, man, woman, read this thinking constitution. It is incredibly important. Number two, this is just me, but I've talked about this book a lot and it'll come up again in the future. Read The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate by Matthew Chirola. That book is really, really great uh, about understanding interposition and doctrine of the lesser magistrate, which is a pivotal part of our uh, structure of government. And I know a lot of people are, especially if you're going in a different department, not sheriff's department, that's not going to be as pivotal because I don't think, like I talked about, I don't think you can do it as well. 
but it's still your duty. You, I mean, a police officer is still a lesser magistrate. The structure is just not built towards being a lesser magistrate, but he is still in that position. So it's still an important doctrine to understand, and it's been super helpful for me, and I think more people need to read it. Third recommendation I can't fully recommend because I'm not through it yet. Um, I need to pick it up. It's been, it's been a while since I read it. But uh, Law and Liberty by R.J. Rushduni. It's just a really good down-to-earth book about man or uh, man-made law compared to God's law, and how you can't have man-made law without God's law. I and mean, all law has to be founded on some moral principle, and anything but what's founded on God will go astray. So that's been really good. I'm only about halfway through it, but I'm loving it. And again, everybody should read that. But it's been really helpful for me, kind of setting the foundation for my future law enforcement goals. There will be more later on. I've got three or four on my shelf right now that I want to just rip off and recommend, but I'm not going to do it at the moment. Those are my two for the day, or my three for the day. Read the Constitution. Do that today. Just do it. For the last recommendation I have today is take a ride-along. Um, a lot of people don't really know that you can do ride-alongs, and a lot of people don't do them because they don't really have a whole lot of interest, or it's kind of intimidating, and it is kind of intimidating, but it's great. It's, I mean... Especially if you're interested in law enforcement, go, you're literally with an officer for like eight hours. You can talk about pretty much anything and he's going to give you down to earth answers. And especially as you go along, I found this out, as you go along, you start talking to them, the more they know you're interested and you really want to know about this stuff, the more open they become to talking about it. You can really gain a lot of information. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what benefit you can do them, but talk to them. I've uh, heckled a couple of the guys that I've rode with, just started talking about uh, biblical principles and all this, not really calling them biblical principles, but talking about principles of law and doctrine and interposition and gun rights and everything. And, and even if you're not, I know, I know a couple just civilians that just went out and went on a ride along and talked to a cop. Just thought, all right, man, show me what you do every day. It helps you develop a good respect for law enforcement. It helps you understand more and more what they go through so you're able to relate to them a little more. And it just builds that bond between law enforcement and the community, which, spoilers, that's what I'm going to talk about as my whole like main point of the podcast during that. All right, I'm going to back up for a second and address one little thing about Explorers Post before I actually do the topic of the day. We had Explorers Post meeting this Thursday, and it was my favorite meeting ever because we did a scenario that I absolutely love. I won't go into a whole bunch of details, but basically you walk into different rooms and there's posters and you have to quickly identify are they a threat or not and act accordingly. So you know, you'll walk into a room and it's somebody holding a gun, another one's somebody holding a cell phone. Um, and it's not a perfect example, but it uh, it really gets your heart going, especially when you've got a deputy behind you yelling at you to hurry up. It gets your heart going, it gets your adrenaline going, you can literally start shaking. It just really gets you thinking. And then after you sit down and they walk you through a DB for like, here's what you did. Here's how you should do things better. Here's, you know, blah, blah, blah. You get direct info and feedback from a uh, law enforcement officer. So that's great. That was awesome. I love that. That's my favorite part of the year, that drill right there. That's one of the reasons that I love law or that I love my Explorers program so much is for scenarios like that. That really, if they're not just sitting down and talking to you, you can't, you can't learn through a scenario like that by just talking to a deputy or even taking them out to lunch. You only get it by that kind of exposure and that level of interaction. And I don't know of another place to get that. So I love it. I'm sad that's going to be my last one because this is my last year, but it was a lot of fun. All righty. Okay. Now I want to get into the main meat of the day, which I'm not quite sure what to label this. Um, but basically, it's law enforcement bonding with the communities they serve. 
So first off, I want to say this is all personal opinion. I'm not going to be referencing a bunch of resources. I'm not going to be bringing up scripture. I just want to talk about something that I see in law enforcement today. Um, but like I said, it's all personal opinion. Feel free to tell me. I mean, please do tell me if you disagree. Let's talk about it. So my healthy little thesis here is that law enforcement needs to build the relationship with their communities in a new way slash more slash differently. And I'll define all that here in a minute. But that's the problem. So law enforcement just needs to build the bridge and strengthen the bridge between them and the communities they serve. Because when you don't have this strong bond between the agency and the community, especially when you're positioned like I am, where I want to go in and I want to start standing up against tyranny and, and uh, having an effect that way, Lord willing, it's hard to do that if you don't have a community behind you. Even if you're stepping out of the unconstitutional way to do things and you're trying to stand up and do things correctly anytime you disturb the grain somebody's going to stand up and oppose you and it's going to be a lot of politicians a lot of your peers but if you don't have your community standing up and backing you you're going to lose your juice really fast and it's just going to be a hard hard fight so that's where before we can really do that and start having an impact there as christians we need to start building this bond but okay enough setting the ground let me just start talking about it We've seen a lot of changes in law enforcement in the past two years, and I'm rephrase that. We've seen a lot of things in law enforcement in the last two years. They're not necessarily changes. They're just things that have been brought to the surface through recent events. If you look back through history, even like the generation before mine, and especially if you go back a generation or two, I mean, you get back to the Andy Griffith show. That's just the friendly neighborhood cop. Everybody respects him. Everybody trusts him. And again, that's a lot because it's, it's a small town environment, but there's this this natural respect that law enforcement had and trust. Anytime you wore the badge, you were trusted. And that, that started to change, and you see it a little bit in the previous generation. But in our day and age, in, in my generation, there's a huge shift that's happened. That just old classic respect you because you're a cop has really gone away. And I think it's for a couple of different reasons, but it's something that needs to be addressed. I think it's sad that law enforcement officers are not given the respect that they have been in the past because they are doing an important and a dangerous job. And that is worthy of the respect. And even especially as Christians, um, Gunn talks about respecting those who he's put in authority. We need to respect even people, politicians we don't agree with. And that can be hard sometimes, but um, especially somebody like, I don't just want to start saying things and exaggerating, but even the most crooked possible politician or law enforcement officer out there, they still deserve our respect because God is in fact control and he has still ultimately put that person in authority. But that respect only goes so far. It means we respect their position and we respect them as a person. But that doesn't mean we never disagree. It doesn't mean we try and change things. And it doesn't mean there aren't times where you call them out because we are held to call each other or called to hold each other accountable. Goodness, I can't talk. So I wanted to find this. Before I go any further, I want to take a minute and define this because a lot of people right now in this generation are respectful to law enforcement officers, but we don't trust them like we used to. And at a point, I think that's okay. And now I have to define what I mean by that. By okay, I mean it's not wrong to not trust them. Respect is something that God has said we, we need to respect them. Trust is something earned. And law enforcement still has trust with a lot of people. I mean, but it's not the way it used to be, and it's fading. And this is what we need to build back, because this trust is very important, and it's 
if you can't trust the officer, you're not going to have a good connection and you're not going to stand up and have their back um, like I was speaking of before. So I think this tr trust has been broken in a couple ways. But ultimately, I think it comes down to the culture and our government falling away from um, a godly perspective of how spheres of government operate and trying to overstep and take control. I think a very interesting example of this we've had in the last two years have been, and you probably already know them before I even say them, but one was um, Black Lives Matter, the whole George Floyd scenario. I really don't want to get in deep on that one, but that brought up the idea, and a lot of people went too far with it, but it brought up the idea that law enforcement does need accountability, which we know. One of the whole points here is holding people accountable and where they're supposed to be. But a scenario like that just kind of brought it to everyone's forefront that, yes, whether you think that it was right or not, or George Floyd is whatever you think on that. I'm not trying to take a stand on it and say, I think one way or the other, which it kind of sounds like from what I'm saying, but I'm just saying that that brought up the reminder of, Oh yeah, people need to be held accountable. And it reminded us of that, but it also reminded us not so much from the um, George Floyd event, but from all of the riots and protests that happened afterward, that law enforcement is, can be a very, very dangerous place to be. Um, you really are sticking your neck out there and you can, I mean, that's that was just a hard scenario because you have the people that you're supposed to be defending um, stepping up and being violent towards you in some scenarios. And then you also have the, as always, the criminals and everything, the people you're trying to protect from, they don't like you anyway. So you're, you kind of just feel trapped and put in a corner. So it just reminded us that law enforcement, while we need accountability, it reminded us how important it is and how dangerous it can be at times. But then you go to the flip side, and with everything we've seen through COVID, we've seen different reactions all over the country from how law enforcement has responded to COVID. And it's reminded us that while they do need accountability and they're very important, it's also very easy for them to become weapons of the state. And if we're not careful, it can become a very ungodly force for ungodly purposes. So they, they're very important but they need to stay in their jurisdiction. And while both events kind of had the um, result in some people losing trust in law enforcement, I would say number one, that the events themselves didn't make people lose trust in law enforcement. The events themselves just allowed the opportunity, allowed an example of why people don't trust law enforcement. And I'm using quotations here. But I believe that really um, in the Christian conservative camp, the thing, the straw that really broke the camel's back in a lot of ways was with COVID. We saw law enforcement standing up and directly, I hate to say it, but in some cases directly betraying the trust of the people they stand up and, and defend. I mean, I don't want to just call out cities, but I could go around the nation and talk about cities that did well and cities where law enforcement agencies should have stepped up. And some did, and I'm very thankful for those ones that did. But they they really just, in some cases, straight up betrayed the trust of the people that they are trying to or sworn to protect and the Constitution they're sworn to uphold. Um, and it chose to obey the edicts of their superiors rather than the ultimate authority in the land and the people that they're sworn to protect. And like I said, this isn't to say, I'm not trying to say that nobody stood up. There were people that stood up, and I'm sure there were a lot of people that we don't know about in ways we don't know about. Uh, but there were a lot of individual, individual departments around the country that pushed back as much as they can to the point of lawsuits. Um, and stood up for the people that they're supposed to. And that's, I, I just love seeing that. I can talk about that all day. That's so cool. 
but we also saw a lot that didn't. And that just is a picture to us of how badly we need to start reforming and um, ripping out the tyranny that's at the heart of some of our government agencies now. So all of that is to just try and communicate why I think uh, people are losing trust in their law enforcement agencies. But with the fading of this old classic respect for neighborhood cop that our previous generations had, I think there's actually a better opportunity arising that um, we need to really jump on the bandwagon as, as Christians and take advantage of because it will have a huge impact on the future. And that new opportunity is just the, this paradigm change of people just naturally respecting law enforcement to especially a lot of people now in conservative Christian camps. We want our law enforcement to stand up and defend the Constitution and defend our rights. And as people, as agencies and um, sheriffs and police chiefs around the country do this, not only is there going to be this mutual respect we have for each other, but when somebody is standing up and defending the people and the people want that, the people are going to come behind and support and encourage more than they would if they just quote unquote respected them. So I think we really need to put the pedal to the metal here and start working towards this goal because it's going to have, number one, it's going to be hard to stand up and protect people that you're trying to if they're not on board with you. And number two, if you lay the groundwork for this now, you're going to have much more support in the future. There's a couple of sub points to this to address that we need to go over. First of all is that I'm not trying to say that law enforcement agencies don't bond with their communities, but I think that there's two things that need to change with how they do it. Number one, as this paradigm shift has changed, they need to just be doing it more and putting more effort into this because people are not starting. People are starting at a, I hate to say they're starting with less respect, but they don't just, they don't have this natural respect. They, they want it to be earned and they want the departments to reach out and communicate to them. And also the way people interact has changed. And I think departments need to change along with that. And I'm going to get to that one here in a minute, but this change will also depend on where you're at and what department you're in. If you are in a police department, you're not going to have to integrate as much with your people because it's not an election people-based system. The structure of the system is not dependent on the people and it's not as involved with the people. It's more involved with the politicians. The sheriff's department, I mean, you're in the community already because you're trying to get reelected, but the sheriff's department is just naturally a little more ground into the community. And so they're going to be doing it more. So it's just, it's going to look different depending on if you're sheriff's department or the police department. If you're in state police, I don't even know because that's a whole different ballgame. And then if you're a federal department, I'm not even addressing that right now because that's just like not even on my mind at the moment. So I mentioned a second ago that uh, not only do they need to be integrating more, they also need to be changing how they're interacting with communities. And I think that this is just kind of a cultural shift that some law enforcement agencies, some, some are really on the ball, but I think a lot are still a little bit behind and they need to catch up. But we as a culture have changed the way that we interact, the way that we learn, the way that we meet, and the way that we bond. It used to be going around and knocking on doors and a lot more face-to-face -face interaction. You'd see, you know, barbecue get-togethers in parking lots. And that, I mean, I know a lot of departments out here that still do that. They still have those community outreaches, which are great. And like, if people do that, that's awesome. But you're not going to get as much of a younger crowd, much of this generation, as you will that, as you will the previous generation or that kind of thing. Because that's just not the way this generation does things. And that's where this shift, I think, needs to happen. 
is we need to start, I say we as in law enforcement agencies, need to start reaching out on platforms that the new generation uses, and that's technology. New generation is always on technology. They're always on social media. You're on your um, emails. You're browsing the internet, and you're using main internet's kind of going away now. It's a lot of apps, but you're on this whole front, and you don't think as much. And even if you saw the invite and you got invited, the chances of you going to some neighborhood grill out to meet your law enforcement agencies are similar than something online. So long and short of it is I think law enforcement agencies need to just start making their presence online and through the internet. They need to boost it and they need to change the way that they do it. And the funny thing is, as you look around the country at different departments and agencies, some are actually really on the ball. I mean, I got on my phone the other day. I just put in, I forget what I put in, but just I went to the app store and basically Googled sheriff and police department apps. And there's some departments out there, a lot of them are police departments that have a little more funding, but there's there's apps out there for these people. I don't even know what you do on an app for a police department, but that's big brain. It's genius because that's where people are going to communicate. People are going away from even using the internet. People want to do everything on apps. And if you can get an app out there for our news announcements and, I don't know, submit your questions, meet a deputy, anything like this, that's going to have a much bigger impact to this generation than something that would have worked previously, even in the last five years or 10 years. And, but I see even taking a step back, I mean, an app is way out there and they're expensive and not a lot of people can make them. They take a lot of time and work, but I mean, everybody should have a website now. Every department should have a website. Most do. Some of them, especially if you move into bigger cities, are really eye-catching and up-to-date and look awesome. And some of them look like you're scrolling through a website from 1997. They're real clunky. Everything is in boxes. It doesn't scroll well. And the information is, for the most part, still there. It might be a little out of date, but it's not as available and eye-catching, which is something that this generation finds very – that's what we look for. That's, and that's just – it's not that we seek it out. That's just what catches our eye, and that's what we pursue because that's how technology has – it's saying technology has trained us, but that's that's what we've grown up with. That's what we're used to. And I feel kind of qualified to speak on this because – I'm a guy that was out there scouring the internet, looking for things on law enforcement, going through different law enforcement websites, and I've seen pretty much all of it. I've seen one-page websites that are just the sheriff's phone number to very nice, well-laid-out, 15 tabs on the side, links to all the other websites that uh, relate to them, um, chat boxes with people. I mean, there's a huge range of stuff you can do. And it was really hard for me to find information because it's not out there as much. They put kind of the bare essentials out there. If here's the phone number, you need to contact this person. But there's no real information. It's very rare. And as somebody from this generation who wanted to just look up everything online, it wasn't there. I had no way to contact these people. Or I had no way to find out this information. I could contact people, and I ended up doing some of it through that, and that was helpful. But especially in... The area I'm in, there, there were some really, really good ones I saw. There was one for Sheriff's Department down in Colorado, and I think we'll open up one up in Oregon that were dead on. And they were really, really good websites. And I actually learned a lot of information from them, even though the departments are halfway across the country. The information is still there, and they've just put it out there. They've recognized the format that I'm looking for, and they've put it out there in a way that I can see it. And I'm just saying me, not because I'm selfish and I want everything about me, but I'm in the midst of this generation. I'm going to see things the way they do. Okay, this is where I'm going to kind of start to turn it in its final direction. And that is regarding social media. People are kind of opinionated when it comes to law enforcement and social media as to whether law enforcement should have it or not and if they should just leave that alone. 
But the one guy, I'm going to bring him up again. The one guy that really got me thinking about this was some random passing comment that Darren Doan made in one of his podcasts. He said, every law enforcement officer should have Instagram. And he kind of just left it at that. And I had to mull over and figure out what he meant by that. But as I figured it out, I was really struck with like, oh, dang, he's right. And so I think this kind of gonna bounce off of where I was going with agencies having their own apps, trying to reach out to people that way, because that's where people are looking. Take that a step farther. And instead of just making your own app that people can go to, go to the apps people are on and be there. And I mean, pretty much every department nowadays has a Facebook page, but I think they need to, to redo that. They're still trying to do it in a very corporate, professional, official way. And that's good. And there's people that look out for that. But I think we also need to do it in a new light, in a different way that will speak to people more and help with the community bonding that we need to be working through. People do not connect with departments unless you're me and I'm just a crazy law enforcement person and I like the departments I like. People don't bond through departments regularly. People bond with officers. People bond with people. So, yes, a department Facebook page is great, but let's see more than just the official department stuff. Let's see posts from the individual officers. You know, instead of having this one page posting all this content, you know, a news update once a week or something, let's see some individual officers have their own page and the department's going off and grabbing this post and that post that these officers put out about something that happened to the day and putting that on the Facebook page. And let's not, not stop at Facebook. Let's do Instagram. Let's do TikTok, for goodness sake. Do something. Do something where people are going to see this and people of the younger generation are going to see this and connect with it and bond. And by saying this, I'm not suggesting that every department hire an employee whose job it is is to go interview people and make all this content because that totally destroys the point of it. I'm trying to get past the professional I'm trying to get past the badge. I'm trying to connect with the individual people. And if you have somebody from the department that goes around and does this and somebody that manages Facebook page, that's fine. That's important. That's good. But you're still going to get this professional um, official vibe from them. Not, hey, this is Officer Mike Wazowski from Colorado in the sheriff's department. And he put out this hilarious reel with him and his canine dog or something. People like that. People want to see that. Well, people always want to see the canine dogs, but... If you have something like that that's more personal, that's going to get a lot more attention than some official, hey, look, we got this new squad car from an official page, which is cool. And I mean, I would go look at that because I'm one of those nutcases. But your average person isn't going to care about a new squad car. Your average person will care about a funny video an officer put out about him and his dog doing something. I don't know. And I know that the older generations don't do social media as much. But again, that's okay because that's not the audience they're trying to reach. You know, I, I should have brought this up earlier, but I see in the ride-alongs I've been and, you know, we're driving through really nice parts of town. You're driving through not-so-nice parts of town, and you're driving through the trailer parks. And the contact you get is totally different. And I'm not trying to talk about the classes of people living in, in these houses. I'm not trying to bring that up. But when you're in really nice part of town with all the doctors and lawyers and people that have a lot of money – just typically because of the amount of time it takes to reach that level of, of uh, success and notability and be able to afford houses to live out there, they're going to be of that older generation have had more time to, to build that wealth. So we're driving through and you'll literally have people walking their dog and wave us down and just say, hey, man, thanks for patrolling the area. We see you out here once a week and we really appreciate it. Here's some cookies. I've literally had that happen a couple of times. And then you go through to other parts of town, even just and I'm not saying like really bad parts of town. But even, I mean, even just like where I live in town, I don't live in a really nice part of town, but 
you drive through here and a cop's not going to get that much attention. I mean, he, he might get a, a wave or a head nod or something, but it's going to be a total different respect level just because of the generational difference. There's a lot younger population here. And then if you go somewhere else into apartments or condominiums, that's going to change all again. Um, you'll get even less notice and attention. And I'm not trying to insult people that live there. I'm just saying that's there's this generational gap between these different regions of town for the most part. And you can see this happening. But when you have that that crowd out in really nice part of town, no, they're not going to see as much social media content, but they don't need to because you're still bonding with them through the good old traditional just seeing them on the street or um, backyard barbecues like or you know, parking lot barbecue events like I was talking about. That's that's going to be the way they bond. But the younger generations aren't going to bond that way. Social media and ways like this is how they're going to bond. So by leaving that um, old older way of doing it, more original way of doing it alone and um, changing this way you're reaching a younger generation, you're just going to end up reaching a larger crowd. So that's just kind of where I'm leaving things. I spent this whole episode ramping up to basically this one point of I want to see more law enforcement agencies on social media. I want to see, well, correction, I need to restate that. I want to see more law enforcement officers on social media. And I want to see official accounts, Instagram accounts, TikTok accounts, Facebook accounts from agencies. But I want to see them going out and reposting stuff from all of their officers and just kind of being a funnel to get that content pushed out there more. They don't need to be putting out as much official content trying to do this job because they can't as an official entity. That's where the officers need to come in and be people and relate. So that's that. Now let's just kind of drop all of that podcast into one little bullet point and stick it in where that is on my whole biblical law enforcement plan. Obviously, the first step is Christian needs to Christians need to get in law enforcement. Second, that would be where this comes in. Christians need to start building support and trust with the communities they serve. And then third, we can start working into biblical law enforcement and start working through these principles. But if you don't have your communities behind you, you're going to be fighting between a rock and a hard place, and that's not going to go anywhere. So this is why Darren Doan says, and I agree with him, that every law enforcement officer should have Instagram. As far as why specifically Instagram, it doesn't have to be specifically Instagram, but I think that's a good option. Even You can even go TikTok or something because it's visual, it's quick, and it's easy. I mean, you can make a five-second reel about you talking about something in post. It takes five seconds, it can get a 1,000 views. You can make a two-minute reel of pictures you took and little interaction videos and put a three sentence caption on it takes three minutes you can reach three thousand people it's super quick it's super easy it doesn't have to be well thought through and it's pictures worth a thousand words you don't have to sit there and write out three paragraphs on on facebook that a lot of people aren't even going to read people are very willing to sit there and watch a three five second video on tiktok so that's where i'm at that i i really liked it when during made that statement i 100 percent agree with him and i want to start pushing that and <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to leave it there. So there's that. I know that was a little bit of an odd show, but I've wanted to talk about that one for a while. I've had that one in the making since before I started the podcast. Um, So hope you enjoyed it, and I will see you next week because I'm back. Brothers and sisters, as true Christians, we have surrendered our lives and rights to Christ. As such, we are held to a high standard. We don't have the right to remain silent. We have been called to spread the gospel and claim ground for Christ in every area of life. Everything we say and do, we will be held accountable for in the throne room of God. So act wisely. 
We do not deserve representation before our Lord for all our shortcomings. But we have been assigned to the ultimate mediator between God and man. He has pled our case and won our freedom. Having heard these rights, it is now up to us if we choose to go forward and fulfill our calling as deputies of Christ.